0: Amen. Uh, <clears throat> on your notes, you can see uh, the jury had you get out uh, Ephesians one eleven. That's our theme scripture for the year. Every year, I uh, select a theme scripture that I believe is something God wants to do throughout the year. And <clears throat> because of the building and everything, we kind of diverted a little bit from starting it out in January. But here we are in March. <clears throat> Amazing. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to read Ephesians one eleven, and you notice there's one part of it that's uh, bolder and and taller. Uh, and that's the emphasis of today. Because uh, <clears throat> last week I talked about in Him uh, and the power that we have in Him, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Uh, and if you weren't here, you might get on our website and listen to that. I think you'll really be encouraged by the positional setting that God has given us. So Ephesians 1.11 says this, In Him we have attained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works out all things. Wow, isn't that great? all things according to the counsel of His will. Wow, amazing. Uh, such a powerful scripture. And we want to look at uh, the word inheritance. And uh, I think all of us have a pretty good idea of what inheritance is. You know, uh, if, you know, when Jackie was alive, we made a living trust and, uh, you know, <clears throat> put in there everything we wanted so that uh, when I went to be with the Lord, since she's already there, the boys could open it up and find out I didn't give them anything. You know, they could find that out. <laughs> No, uh, it's all written there, and it's all down. You know, once again, you can't be changed because you know I wrote it, and then you know it, it's uh, it's done. It's over, and that's what this is here. This is this is our will right here, and God wrote it down so we would know exactly what's in here, what what's what it what it is ours and what isn't. And the the better thing about this is that. <clears throat> The one who wrote it came back to be sure it got facilitated correctly, right? Uh, You know, It's to guarantee that that's what's going to happen. Exactly what he says here. Over 7,400 promises are in this book, and all of them are our inheritance. We get it because of God's grace, not because we earn it. Everything is by grace in God's kingdom. Now, I have my responsibility here, but once again, it's because of the grace of God. And I want to just look at a few of these things as we look at them here. Uh, as all, not all of those promises, not all 7,000 plus, but anyway, a few. And so here is, the, his, is your uh, first, uh, first fill-in that you can fill in on your notes. It says, because of our inheritance, we have obtained a position in the kingdom of God. So the word is position. Now, I have a uh, picture here just to kind of emphasize what I'm talking about. And this man is giving this gift to, to this young lady here, maybe his wife, hopefully. And, uh, and she's really surprised about it. But she receives that gift. Notice that, you know, I don't know if she bought it for herself. Maybe she did. Some wives help us out sometimes, and get their gift, and, and we wrap it, and we give it to them, right? But anyway, uh, it's kind of like what God did to us, I guess, right? <laughs> he gave us everything. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's a gift. But in order for that gift to be meaningful, she's got to receive it, open it up, and find out what it is. You know, in John 1, 12, there's a scripture that says that to many as believed on him, uh, he gave them the authority or the right to be called sons of God. The, the word, uh, there's exousia, he gave them the right. But the word son there is a word technon. And what that really means is that it's a legal term. Uh, it means they're legally in the family. Uh, and, and they're a part of the family, legally. They were born in that. You know, when Jerry was born, he was born into the Reichert family. He didn't have any idea. He didn't get to vote on it. He was just there, all right? And uh, through the years, he's seen the inheritance and what the family's all about. But <clears throat> that's with us. We're born into this kingdom. And when I got saved, I was clueless to what all that meant, you know, in the family that I was born into. And I think that's with us, too. When we get born again, we're just... We're just learning here all the things that God has for us. And then in uh, Galatians 4, 7, another scripture says that you're no longer slaves. You're no longer slaves anymore. Now, <clears throat> in John 15, it talks about, and John 10 also, it talks about the same thing. We're no longer slaves any longer. We're called sons, and it uses the word sons. But it's a different word. It's a word hwios, which means a, a full, mature son. Now, why is that important to us? Because when you're young and growing up in the family, you don't have all the privileges of the family. But as you reach that age of accountability, you know, we know in the Jewish culture, they had a bar mitzvah about 10 or 12 uh, when they were able then to receive the full inheritance. And they would get the ring of the family that they could, you know, seal and wax. And it was like a credit card. And everything the family had was theirs because of their sonship. So not only were they born into it legally, then they became, had the ability to begin to function in that kingdom and receive the full benefits of that kingdom. And you see, my heart is that not only do you know that you're a son or a daughter of God, but you begin to move into the family and begin to receive what God has purchased for us Uh, because what God has given us. And we've quoted John 3 with John the Baptist says, you can't get anything unless it's given to you by heaven. But we know every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father above, right? And whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning. And so God it has gifts for us. But the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you to not to receive what God has given you. He wants you to think you've got to earn it or do whatever. Or God didn't really mean it. it was true. But no, this is the will. This is God's intent for us. And all we have to do is just do what he tells us to do and receive it. You know, in 1 John 3, 1, it's alluded to in your notes that it says, Man, what great love God has given us that He would call us sons of God. Yes. What great love that He would take all of us and bring Him into His family. You know, I think of David and, Judy, uh, and Lydia down in Honduras, you know, where the government just keeps bringing them kids. <laughs> they get more and more and more and more kids. And that's kind of like the Lord. Every day there's more and more kids coming into his family, right, as they receive him. And he calls each one of them sons. And all those orphans, 500 or so, call David and Lydia mom and dad uh, because they're their parents. They look at him as their parents. And it's the same thing with us, with Jesus. He is wrapping his arms around you this morning, and you say, You're my daughter, you're my son. And uh, we're not a slave, we're a son, we're a daughter. And that's the great thing about the love of God. Now, the second fill-in goes like, goes like this. <clears throat> it says, we have great potential to move into the kingdom promises because we are sons and daughters of God. And the word is potential. Obviously, we're fill-in. The day is brought to you by letter P. So you can maybe try to figure out the others on the way down here. Okay. Uh, once again, I've got a picture for you. Now that's called a Bowflex, all right? Now the reason we use that is because I got one of those, all right? <clears throat> and I'm like that guy there, I'm looking at that Bowflex. <laughs> now, how many know it's not gonna do me any good if I just keep looking at it or hang clothes on it or whatever? You got to use the thing, right? And every time I walk out in the garage, I see that Bowflex. And unfortunately, uh, it hasn't done a lot yet for me, all right? <laughs> Cause you got to work at it. You got to do it. Now I, I do it, but not as much as I should. Uh, but and that's the same thing with the promises of God. I can look at those promises and, and read them and get whoa, that's a good, oh, that's a good promise. But if I don't do anything, it's not going to benefit me. I'm not going to move into it. You know, there's uh, a scripture in Acts 20:32, and in Acts chapter 20, Paul is at a he's having a a, a pastors conference. He's called all these pastors and elders in from all over the area here because he, he just wants to do a few days with them because he wants to get to Rome for the Passover. And so he, he pulls them all in so that he has this conference with him, his pastor conference. And uh, then at the very end of it, he, he says this in Acts 20, 32. He says, I commend you to the Lord. Now, how many know that's a good place for us to be, right? Commend him to the Lord. And the word of his grace. Now, I want you to listen to this. The word of his grace and not His law, but the word of His grace. What does grace mean? It means God wants to work on your behalf. God wants to do things in your life. But look look the consequence. The word of His grace, which is able to build you up. You see, the grace of God will build us up. Just like that flex. If I use it, it'll build me up. Uh, and, and the word of His grace, which is able to build us up. Now watch this. And give us inheritance that we have in the saints inheritance God has given us an inheritance so not only does he tell us about it but his grace builds us up so that we're able to receive it and you see so God doesn't dangle it in front of us and then you know we can never get it no he puts it out there keep focusing on me and I will give you that promise see my focus isn't isn't even as much on the promise as it is the promise giver and as I focus on the promised giver, then he will give me what I have need of because his grace is building me up to receive. Are we okay? See, that's, that's the consequences. And he says, let's get, let's get strong now so that you're able to do what I'm a- going to ask you to do. Now, on your notes, there's another scripture in Acts 26. <clears throat> and Acts 26 is Paul giving his testimony. And he's giving his testimony, and he's telling him, what the grace of God has given him the ability to do. Now, we're going to give his testimony, but I want you to think of what the grace of God has given you to do. What's in front of you? See, and the grace of God is going to build you up so that you can move in this inheritance that God has given you to perform. And so, you can see on your nose, Paul says this. To open their eyes. Now, remember, he's talking to. He's going to go to the Gentiles that don't know anything about the Lord. And I don't. I don't know if this has ever happened to you or not. But you witness to somebody, you tell them, you know, how great God is, and and you're even amazed at how good the testimony is. You know, they're just. It's really good. And then you say, Wouldn't you like to receive that? Yeah. And they say, No. You say, I mean, You don't want to go to heaven? <laughs> you know, no. I don't. I don't. Want, I don't want to do it. Why? Because they're blinded. they blind. They're, they're blinded. Their eyes are blinded. But the gospel is so powerful that if we preach it, it'll take the veil off of people's eyes. It'll open their eyes so the next time when you witness to them, they'll say, you know what? I'd, yeah, I'd want to receive that. Because that happened to every one of us. I don't know if any of you received the gospel the first time. I didn't receive it. I heard it, heard it, heard it, heard it. Then all of a sudden, that veil was taken away. And I said, wow. Wow. Wow, that, wow, that's good. And then it goes on to kind of explain what that what happens when the veil is taken away. It says that notice you go uh, from darkness to light. From darkness to light. Think about our country right now. That what we're doing, thinking it's the right thing to do. You know, <clears throat> abortion. If you had an abortion, you know, God's a forgiver, he's a healer. But how, you know, how can we. <laughs> declare that that's the right thing to do to kill a baby. But people don't see that. But it says when you receive the gospel, you turn from darkness to light. Because now we've, we've got a plumb line of how we're supposed to live. Yeah. And now we're saying, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. I, I need, that's what I need to be doing. And so the darkness light. And from the power of Satan to the power of God. In other words, Ephesians 2 says, if you're not saved, then you're under the power of the evil one. And that's what we talked about when we, with the communion. That's, that hold is broken over me. And no longer am I under the authority of the enemy. Now I'm under the authority of the Lord. And so no longer am I chained with darkness. But now it's broken and I can be free in Christ. I can move in the power of the Holy Spirit. I can I I know that God is my Father and I know His for me. And I can go from that power uh, into the uh, the power of of God. (laughs) Now, what is all this consequence? Well, the consequence is, uh, Paul says, you receive forgiveness of sins. Woo! Forgiveness of sins. As we said before, your past is washed away. All you have is a future in Christ. And even when I stumble in my future, God is still there to forgive me because that's the power of the blood of Christ, that I can be forgiven. You don't have to be in guilt. Don't be in guilt or shame about what you did 10 years ago. Don't let that action still control you today. Receive the freedom so you can run the race that God has set before you because He's forgiven you by the blood of the Lamb. And then... Then it ends up with this, when Paul says this, and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in him. A a better word than even sanctify would be a place in his kingdom. He has a place in his kingdom that he's giving to you. Say, here, this is your place. You walk in this. You walk in this power. I've set this aside just for you. Now, Paul's got a pretty big job here, but God gave him the grace to do it. That he was able to walk through things. He was able to, to move and, and be in jail and out of jail. He sang in, the, <laughs> sang in jail and was released, right? And, and he did, you know, raised, you know, just had so many powerful miracles that took place in his life. Why? Because God gave him the ability to do it. What is ahead of you, God is going to give you the ability to do it. Because that's your inheritance. That's what God desires for you to do. And you see, that's what these verses are, are trying to emphasize. Now watch this one in Galatians 3.29. And if you are, uh, you are Christ, which, you know, if you've received him, if you believe Jesus is real, you believe he walked the earth, you believe he died, you believe three days later he rose, we believe in that, then we, we declare it and we receive salvation. We're Christ. Then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Now that sounds really flowery, but listen, just think about this a minute. If you go back to Genesis 12, something we should read over and over all our lives. Yeah. Because it says this. It says Abram, <clears throat> I'm going to bless you in such a dimension that you're going to be able to bless nations. Yeah. Woo! Right. You're going to be able to bless nations. Now, if I am Abraham's seed, which I am, I'm grafted in here, then I'm then I'm an heir, an heir. I received this according to the promise. In other words, I could say that Dale is going to be so blessed that he is going to bless nations. I could say Ken is going to be so blessed that he's going to bless nations. Now, I know that's hard to believe. We've got to get our brain around it because that's the dimension that God wants us to move in. These flags are not decorations. Uh, they're for us saying we're going to touch the world. We're going to be a part of the world. We're going to we're going to be there. We're going to be a part of that. You know, we... Uh, <clears throat> We support a uh, you know some missionaries in the Middle East, in Jordan, and also in China, in the Philippines, and that Asia thing. And God is doing such an um, amazing thing in that uh, in, in that area. I got a report, a testimony, that in one of the countries, I you know, can't tell you the name because we want to protect people, but uh, 400 imams, you know, Muslims, priests, not just 400 Muslims, but 400 imams came to this pastor and says, can you get us a Bible? He said, well... Yeah, I, I'll get your Bible. He got 400 Bibles. And they came back, and he gave them the Bible, and they began to weep. They said, Mo-, you know, that Muslims haven't done anything for us. And they took the Bible, they opened it up, and they put it on their heads. And they were making a declaration that we're now under the authority of Jesus Christ. <laughs> <clears throat> Now, we had a part of that. We had a part of that because we prayed for the Middle East. We've given finances in there, and we had a part of that. See, that's blessed to be a blessing. That's flowing out of us. You know, we, we support a uh, missionary in, uh, is in Hong Kong, uh, not Hong Kong, in uh, Singapore now because they moved from Hong Kong. But he uh, he's has a college there, and they're giving out uh, wisdom and knowledge for people. Uh, the Chinese, the Chinese believe that they're going to win the Middle East to the Lord uh, because the Middle Easterns receive people from China. And he is pumping out, that's not a good term, he is is developing uh, missionaries to go in, and they've sent their first batch into the Middle East, and they've had great results, tremendous. Valson Abraham, we know about Valson here, right? He has 13 colleges. 13 colleges that every year are graduating missionaries into, in, into India, you know, that one billion thing. And so, see, that's what we're talking about. We're a part of that. Now, some of you will go, like maybe a Carrie Schmidt went, and, or Simon will go yourselves, but we're all praying for them, and your finances, some of your finances go into that area. So, see, we've got to get this big picture that we are bigger than where we are. We're bigger than what we think we are because God uses people to bless people, and that's what He told Abraham, and that's what He's telling us. Look at the sky. Look at the sand. That's a dimension I want you to move into. That's the greatness of what God has for us. Now, here's the third fill-in. Uh, Jesus purchased a, a great possessions uh, that we uh, were given were given to us when we received our new birth. Uh, so. We have great possessions that God's given us. He has purchased it for us. And I listed some. I'm not going to do all of those there, so don't gasp, all right, uh, when you look at them. But I want to mention some of them because they're ours. These are yours. <clears throat> the first one is, is out. Uh, well, let me give you the, the picture here uh, that I have for you. <clears throat> There's the 200 Club. That's what I call it. Because <clears throat> it's hard to go in there and not spend less than $200. All right. But Winco and Costco blow me away uh, because I walk into those things and there's like, all I wanted was just, a, you know, a paper towel roll. You know? But you can't get a paper towel roll, right? You got to get it like this, you know. It takes a cart to go out to your car, you know. And I'm supposedly saving money, but I, that's like a sale, I don't understand that principle of spending money and saving it, right? It doesn't click. But anyway, even though it takes me two years to use all of my bot, all right, uh, it's supposed to really help me. But it's overwhelming. You just walk in and you think, wow, I go to Winco. I've never seen so much mustard in my whole life. Just, it's all the way up to the ceiling, you know. I, just, I can't believe it. It's just amazing. And you see, that's what I want you to walk out this, this morning thinking. Look what God has done for me. Wow, I just, you know, I was thinking about going to heaven, which is pretty good, but now I, I got healing and provision and joy and peace and strength. I mean, <coughs> what am I going to do with all of it? Well, I'm going to have to give, it, give some away, you know, I'm just going to yeah. give it away, right? Because once I figure out what the source is, then I don't, this isn't important because I know there's more behind it, Right. Winco's not going to run out of mustard, right? They're not going to run out. I mean, they got enough for the world in there anyway, you know. So just amazing. That's, that's the allness that we want. Now, Romans 11, uh, uh, this, is, this is talking about the Jewish, uh, Jewish people and the Gentiles becoming part of the Jewish, you know, receiving Christ, uh, part of the Jews. If the dough offered as the first fruit is holy, so is the whole lump. Now, the first fruit that was offered was Christ, right? He's the lump we're talking about. So if the first fruit, that which was offered first, is holy, and if the root is holy, once again, he's the root. Sometimes it's called the root of Jesse, you know, Jesse being David's father, and that's where the line of Christ came from, is holy, then so are the branches. So if the root and the trunk is whole and healthy, then the branches and the fruit are going to be healthy. If... If the bread doesn't have leaven in it, then it's not going to, to, you know, get into another dimension. It's going to stay the way it is. And that's what it's saying here. The first fruit is Christ. It's holy. The roots are holy. So now, it goes on to say this. And if some of the branches were broken off, uh, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share... Now, share in the nourishing root of the olive tree <clears throat> and 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 do not be arrogant toward the branches. <clears throat> if you are remember uh, remember it it's not you who support the root <clears throat> but the root that supports you. Amen. in other words, i 'm grafted in to this holy tree i 'm like this doe that 's holy so I am holy, why? Because the root is holy. I am holy because the dough is holy. I'm not holy because I'm earning my holiness. (laughs) I am holy because He has made me holy. I am holy because I'm grafted into the right thing. Now, if I'm holy, then my fruit is going to be good. Why? Because of Jesus. You see, that's... That's an inheritance. I'm not trying to get a holy. I am. But because I am, now it's easier for me to act that way. Now, another scripture that kind of is, says a similar thing is 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 21. It says that he was made to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, the hard part of that verse is, in the King James, is they have two words for Made and there are two different greek words it says that he was made to be sin that was a it's a word that we get our word poem for poema it means that he was made to be sin he was he was made to be sin on that act when 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 the father and the son were interplaying there and darkness was covering the earth the hand of god was placed on jesus and he was made to be sin at that time he was made to be sin he was a passover lamb he took on the sins of the world he was made Boom. And it says that, that we might be made. And the, the word for made here is a, another Greek word. Uh, it's geomai, which is a tremendous word. It means to become. <laughs> so Jesus was made to be sin once and for all. But I was made to be righteous. It means to become. I am, but I'm becoming. I, I, God says I am. And I'm getting better and better at exemplifying what righteousness means. It is when you get saved you act perfect, no? But I'm becoming perfect. I'm I'm acting it out uh, so that I can begin to live in it. So that's why don't get discouraged. You made mistakes. Just realize you're in transition. You're 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 moving along the way. It's like starting out and going to Sacramento. You don't get there instantly, but the more you drive, the closer you get to it, right? And that's with us. The longer we stay in Christ, the more we're going to look like uh, that we are what God says we are. We making sense? See, that's, that's the heritage we have. That's the goodness of God working on our behalf. Now, the next one is 1 Peter 2, 24. Uh, I love the scripture. He himself bore our sins. The word bear means to carry away. Uh, in his body on the tree, uh, that we might die to sin. Woo. What does that mean? It means sin doesn't have dominion over us. Uh, we're dead uh, to sin. And, and live to righteousness. So we're moving into that. Now, by his wounds, you what? Have been healed. Have been. Have been. Past tense. Where? At the cross. You say, well, Laurie, I still got some symptoms in my body. Well, think about it. He said you're healthy, so we're just going to worship Him and thank Him <coughs> because we're going to move into health. It may not be right now, but we're going to stay believing so that we can make this transition into this fullness of health. Now, I, you know, I have a great doctor. Uh, he's, a, he's a believer, spirit-filled guy, just awesome. We have a great time every time I go in there. Uh, <coughs> but uh, I believe that my first look is always to the Lord. Because I always, I, I declare that by his wounds, I have been healed. Thank you, Lord, I have been healed. Thank you that I, this body reflects health, Lord. And I thank you for it. Now, if the wisdom of God says, go to the doctor, yeah. <laughs> if the wisdom of God says, use a medicine, yeah, of course. But I want Jesus to be number one. Can I get it? amen? He's the first look that I look to. Why? Because by his wounds, you have been healed. And so, every time I confess, I'm getting healthier and healthier and healthier. I'm believing God to work out in my life. Uh, now, we just had a funeral yesterday for, uh, to Tom Coger. Great celebration time. You say, well, we prayed for Tom, and, you know, he's, he's in heaven now. <laughs> Amen. He sure is. How many know he's healed and whole, right? <laughs> he, is, he is doing really good. And I guarantee he won't want to come back into that old body that he left here, Right. Because why? By his wounds, we're healed. So if I'm healed here or there, that's okay with me. Uh, I just don't want to live eternally with disease. How about you? We don't want to do that. Now, Second uh, Corinthians 9.10 talks about that God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Uh, uh, now, there's, there's a time in our lives, uh, Jackie and I, that you know, we we're under financial pressure uh, and I read that scripture, it says, Lord, thank you, you give seed to the sower, so I thank you, Lord, that you're going to give me seed to sow, and then, Lord, I'm going to have bread to eat, so my, I'm going to be taken care of, and so I prayed that, and I, and I kind of expected, you know, money just to float out of heaven, you know, or when I was in church, I'd walk around and hope for a full gospel handshake, you know, somebody with money in it, and so I would shake hands, and I got nothing, you know, because <laughs> my attitude was wrong, uh, <clears throat> So I just kept saying, Lord, thank you. Give seed to sower. Seed to the sower, Lord. Bread to eater. Thank you, Father, because I want to be able to liberally give. And I got another job. I didn't want another job because I already had two. <laughs> I didn't want another one. Yeah. But that's what God gave me. Gave me a third job. Uh, taught at the college, uh, you know, uh, two, three nights a week. But you know what? It was the easiest job I've ever had yeah. because God gave it to me, yeah. and he gave me the grace to do it. Imagine. Students were great. Class was great, you know, uh, it, was just, it was just awesome. Uh, <clears throat> and then got to the point where I knew God said, okay, you can release that now. And because the, the, you know, we'd paid off the bit, some bills and everything, we're, we're better financially. But God knows how to work your life. Yes, he knows how to give you what you can handle because he'll give you the grace to do it. Doesn't always look like I want it to look, <laughs> but it's always a provision from the Lord. And so when I declare that I, he gives me seed to sow, he gives me bread to eat, then I can, I can stand in that and trust I have an inheritance that my father is going to take care of me. And however he does that is up to him, right? It's, it's up to him how he wants to do that. But I want you to know that he gives seed to the sower. So if you're a sower, he'll give you seed. Uh, all of you that sown into the, you know, the down payment and the asteroid, and all that, that was seed you sowed. And how many know that seed comes up? It comes up, and it isn't one seed, one seed. It's a seed, and you get a whole ear of corn. It's got all kinds of seeds on it, right? Now, we give because we love God, but God loves us, too. He loves us, and He wants to pour it out on us. You know, I got a scripture here. God's not giving a spirit of fear, right, but power, love, and a what? Sound mind. He's giving you a mind of stability, a mind of strength. Don't buy into this. When you get old, well, that was a senior moment. No, <clears throat> we may have a senior moment, but that doesn't mean your mind is not s- s- strong, right? We've got a sound mind. We've got a disciplined mind. Uh, Second <clears throat> Timothy one nine is uh, <clears throat> it's on your on your notes, and it talks about our calling. Look at it. It says that He has saved us and called us to a holy life. He has saved us. He's He's brought salvation into, into our lives. And so he's given us this salvation. Uh, I want uh, <clears throat> to just mention uh, Romans 10, 11 says you're never going to be ashamed. Uh, <clears throat> Romans 5, 1 says you have peace with God. The word is irenia. You're in union with him. And Acts two thirty eight is a, uh, you know, I want to I do uh, now. Uh, <clears throat> Acts two thirty eight says you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. You get forgiveness of sin. And the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to cover the last one real quick. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. Okay, uh, the last fill-in uh, goes like this on the back of your notes. Said so the greatest prize is that we will spend eternity with the Lord. Now Second Corinthians five eight uh, says that uh, uh, that uh, yes we are of good courage, and we'd rather be away from the body. And at home with the Lord. To be absent from the body, we say it like this, is to be present with the Lord, right? <clears throat> we talk about Tom. Well, you know, he's, he's at presence, present with the Lord. You know, this with Peter, just not a few weeks ago. She's present with the Lord a few months ago. My wife, she's present with the Lord. <clears throat> and once you get into heaven, you don't want to get back. Now, Al went to heaven, but he was booted back here for some reason, right? So <laughs> that, uh, but you can talk to him. He'll tell you how good it was. But, you know, in Philippians 3, it it says that our citizenship uh, is in heaven. It's not here. Carrie Schmidt, I mentioned her name. She's a missionary for us in uh, Jordan. I just got a picture on her Facebook that she was in Egypt because you had to get, you got to get out every three months to renew your passport and then you go back in again. Uh, But how many know that she was in Egypt, but she really was going to work in Jordan, but her passport is really from the United States. That's where her that's where her home is, and how many know you may be whatever, but your home is with the Lord right john fourteen says he's he's got a good place up there he's built a good place for you and he's been working at it for thousands of years, so it should be finished by now, right <laughs> ready for you and it isn't some little cabin in the in the corner of heaven either. when he built the temple, it was extravagant when they when you go to Israel uh, they tell you that The temple was so great that the the gold on it was so amazing that it would blind you when the sun hit it. It was just extravagant. Uh And if that's what he built on earth, knowing it's going to be destroyed, how much more is your home going to look like in heaven? Because he's been building it a long time, right? So it's it's going to be great. Now, don't go on me today because I want you to stay from the end of the service, all right? Uh But God has extravagant plans for us. No matter how long you live, it's just a small little part of eternity. Uh, and <clears throat> But I've got to make a choice here on earth where I want to spend eternity, right? <laughs> Where's your ticket going to take you, to heaven or hell? But how many know it's by grace that we get to heaven if we receive what he's poured out to us? That's our inheritance. That's a good her- That's that's the prize that, that we want to hold on to. Now, let me just uh, finish with a scripture. Well, actually, two scriptures here. Uh, one in Acts 7. 55 through 56. This is Stephen. Remember, Stephen was preaching to the Jews, and he told them how hard-headed they were. (laughs) I mean, no, that's not a popular sermon. Uh, And uh, they got ticked at him. They drug him out of the city, and they're going to stone the guy. They're going to kill him for preaching the gospel. They're going to kill him. But before any rock hit him, he looked up, and he saw heaven was open. And there was Jesus Christ leaning over. Now, Scripture says he's seated at the right hand. But when the saints come home, he's there and he's reaching out. And Stephen saw heaven. He says, do you you see that? Scripture tells us before he he looked like an angel. He was just a glow. And when he looked at that and he turned and he saw those people with the stones, he said, Father, forgive them. See, once you see heaven then there's not a... You don't want a hindrance here. You don't want to hinder anybody here. Remember one of the guys up there was Saul of Tarsus, Paul? <laughs> he was saying, yeah, stoning him, stoning him, stoning. But Stephen released him. He released all of them that were sinning. He says, Father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they are doing. And because of that, Paul was able to come and receive Christ as his Lord and Savior and was very impacted. You see, when I... When I go to heaven, I don't want to be a hindrance to anybody here on the earth. I, I want them to remember that I a, was a Christ follower. I loved them, even maybe when they weren't lovely, <laughs> that I released them. I offered forgiveness to them. I released it because of the greatness of heaven. There's nothing here that can compare with what there. All those benefits that I've told you about, they're awesome but not compared to what we're going to have in the end, the prize we're going to receive. Now, as the worship team comes back out, I want to sum it up with one scripture out of Luke 15. Luke 15 talks about the prodigal son. Remember him? How that he took his inheritance. He took his inheritance and he squandered it. He squandered it. He lost it all. But then he came to himself and he went back to the father. And what was the father doing? He was waiting on him to come back. Yeah. And then what did he do? He ran to him. He ran to him. Embraced him. And, and the guy couldn't even say he was sorry. He just muffled him and, and just said, he, you know, he couldn't even get it out. And he re-put the robe back on him, covered up all the stuff, you know, Put the robe back on him. Gave him his ring back, his authority, uh, so he could stomp, you know, it back in as a credit card. Put his shoes back on him. Because of that, and that's how the Father looks at us. Maybe we've squandered some things. Maybe we haven't lived in our inheritance. But the Father's saying, "Come to me. Come to me. All you that labor and heavy laden, come to me. I'll give you rest. Run back to me because your inheritance is waiting." Run back to me because your inheritance is waiting. Run back to me because your inheritance is waiting. You've not lost your inheritance. Run back to him. Your inheritance is there. Hallelujah. And so I want you to receive that fullness. I want you to walk out here and say, wow, look what the Lord has done for me. Look what he has for me yet. And I just get to receive it by grace. Not merit, I don't earn it, but I receive it because we serve a good God. Amen. 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 Stand with me if you would, please. Let's worship the Lord. If you've you've never, ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I talked about it. You know, you believe He's real. Christmas, He came. On resurrection morning, He rose, seated at the right-hand side of the Father right now, uh, looking and wanting to receive us as sons and proclaim that over us. You got to receive the gift, like the lady there. You got to receive the gift. And these two wonderful ladies would would love to pray with you, love to, to just Hold your hand and say, let's pray together. Let's receive this gift that God has given to us. And if you need a Bible, they'll give that to you also. Just want you to, I don't want you to walk out of this building <clears throat> not knowing that Christ is your Lord and Savior. So please take a minute. If you brought someone, this, these are great, great young ladies here. They'd love to pray with you. Now, Father, we thank you for your word that tells us what we have. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder. I wonder what what God has for me. No, Lord, we can read it. We can find it in your Bible. Because you told us what our inheritance is. In Christ, we have this inheritance, Lord. And so, Father, my prayer this morning is that we will walk out in awe of all you've done for us. That, Lord, we may not be fully formed, but we're on the journey. And you say you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, I want people to know that bondages are broken. I don't have to live under the bondage of sin or the shame or the guilt of sin. Because you you have freed me from that. You've removed it from me. I'm not my sin any longer. I'm a new creation in Christ. My spirit is new. My soul is being transformed as we give heed to your word. And so, Lord, I declare this morning that we're going to walk in a new freshness. We talked about a newness, Lord, new wine skin, new wine. I believe, Lord, you're going to move us into not only hearing about these promises, but living them out so people can see what you've done in our lives. And we we can demonstrate, say, look, I was once blind, but now I see. You know, I was once deaf, now I hear. I was once lame, but now I'm leaping and, and rejoicing in the Lord. Man, I was just ready for bankruptcy, but God came through for me and now we're free from debt. Lord, that's what you want to do with your people so we can give testimony, evidence of how great is our God. We're not just singing a song, Lord. It's a declaration, prophetically declaration, that we serve a great God. And so we thank you for that, Father. And I declare it over my brothers and sisters right now, Lord, that you have formed them for greatness. You have given them an ability to move in greatness far beyond what they're doing right now. We're not condemned where we are, but we're excited where you're going to take us, Lord. And so we receive this morning that outpouring of grace, receiving your gifts, receiving your increase, and we give you the praise for it, Father, because you're able to do far and above and beyond anything, anything we could ever hope or imagine for. So we give you the praise. And that name that is above.